You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not the most, or certainly not always the most, I should say. Javier Reyes messed up my intro there. Off to a great start. Uh, you can, as always, check me out on Twitter, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or the show account, which is at L-O underscore Padres. All sorts of good Padres memes and stuff on there as well, at L-O underscore Padres, like I said. And uh, feel free, you might be seeing me right now pointing I'm pointing to my name on the screen. If you're seeing me, that means you are watching the YouTube. If you're not watching the YouTube and want to, check that out. Locked on Padres at YouTube for all my audio listeners. A link to it is in the description below. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And also brought to you by a nice little place I like to call Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockout.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, everybody. All right, all right. On today's show, we are discussing not the, the highlight of the show is definitely going to be part two of my breakdown of the top 10 most tragic moments of the Padres 2020 season based on the article that I wrote. That is kind of the, the topic of the show. But the news of the show, which we are going to start off with first right now, is that it was announced via, or I should say, reported by Kevin AC of the San Diego Union Tribune that Fernando Tatis Jr. is not expected to get shoulder surgery. Um, can we just get right into it? Someone left a YouTube comment the other day saying, yeah, four minutes in, you didn't even, you didn't even get started. I'm sorry. That person must not be familiar with my way of speaking. It's fine. But they actually do have a little bit of point. Uh, sometimes I go on too many tangents. Um, originally today, I was, expect- I was going to recap the, the game that was going Okay, I was supposed to talk about the ALCS, which I thought was incredible. Um, there's actually it's still going on right now as I record, but it's bottom of the seventh, eleven three Red Sox. They killed it. Altuve made an error, which was super costly. Everyone's blue, uh, you know, chanting bleep Altuve and all this stuff over at Fenway. Such a hard pace to play, and that series is going the route of the Red Sox. It's insane. They, I kept telling everybody, this is what they do. Do we even have one reliable, like genuinely really great superstar starter? Nope. Do we have anybody we trust at the bullpen? Nope. We're just going to hit you to death. This is what happens. They have like a 990 OPS. If anyone, the Boston sports fans are out of control. Uh, it's it's super frustrating to see them keep winning and keep acting like they're underdogs in any such way. They have not been for like 20 years now. But anyway, topic of the show. So I was originally going to talk about that game, but because it turned out to be a blowout, I was like, ah, oh, man, this is going to be kind of a boring thing tomorrow. And then I said, through San Diego Union Tribune, Kevin Acey, who has been on this show, by the way, before, uh, early in the early days of the podcast for longtime listeners, where we talked about like all-time great Padres and his experience that he's like you know, kind of covered and stuff. It was a great episode. Actually, one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Hopefully, uh, maybe Kevin even watches this every now and then. I doubt it. He's a very busy man. Um, so it's reported by AC. I'm going to read the beginning of the article uh, for you guys. If he was going to have the arthroscopic uh, procedure, the decision needed to be made by around this time. So his recovery would not prevent him during the 2022 season. 
and on time. Tatis repeatedly said he wanted to avoid surgery and was confident he could avoid further injury with strengthening exercises. In quotes, there's a lot of exercise, how to find ways how to heal it, how to make it stronger, he said during the season's final weekend. And I feel like everything is working. Everything's going in the right spot. I feel very secure of where I'm at right now. Representatives for Tatis declined to comment, and Padres general manager AJ Peller did not respond to a message. Um, and additionally, also the article notes orthopedic surgeons. Hold on, slow down, Javi. You get a little bit too excited at times. Orthopedic surgeons uh, not involved with the decision had opined that surgery was necessary. Those doctors have not examined Tatis, but based their analysis on publicly available information, including the frequency with which Tatis's shoulder had dislocated. Okay, so that's all for the very details. You can go check out that article on the Tribune. Definitely worth the subscription as well. I know I have that. They do some good stuff just for Padre stuff. I really think AC does a kick-ass job, to be honest with you. Um, so, whew. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So we're just going to act like what happened with Denelson Lamed just didn't happen. I talked about this on Top 10 tra- uh, Tragedies on Friday, how Denelson Lamed has basically become damaged goods at this point. He also opted not to not go for the big surgery. Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole regular rehab stuff. What in the world? In the world, in the universe, in the, you know, the end of Men in Black, when it zooms out and it shows you that the aliens are playing with every galaxy as marbles? Like, that's the, even bigger than that, what in the whole universe of matter gives any Padres fan any type of faith, any type, any type, even an ounce of faith, that this team is going to handle this well. We were told repeatedly over and over that this is probably what's going to happen in the offseason. Many doctors, many surgeons, every article you go, there's at The Athletic, there's Fox Sports, there's USA Today. Wherever you go, you were finding stuff. Heck, you were finding stuff on Reddit practically. Of everybody talking about how this is probably the route they're going to go. This is an injury that he can play through, but it's best to kind of do it because it's almost like a ticking time bomb. At any point in the season, the guy could just swing the bat and missed 30 games or whatever it was he, he missed this year. He missed like a, a month at one point. Then he missed two weeks and all that. So that's a big issue. And we saw or at least theorized I that was leading to why he was, was a little bit shaky on defense at points throughout the year, even though uh, he kind of finished as an okay defender. Maybe not great. You could argue not even necessarily good, but definitely not the worst defender in the league, I think, as a lot of people had opined, to borrow a word from Mr. Kevin AC uh, early on in the year. My reaction to this is you got to be kidding me. Uh, this was one of the things we expected was going to happen pretty soon after the season. And like I said with Lament, how'd that turn out? Lament looks not even like the same anymore. He can't be a starter, which is just something no one's talking about. And they've decided, yeah, let's not do this. Adrian Monahan, Malik Clevenger. I mean, it's just, just, it's just, just what we're going to do now. We're just cool with trusting the Padres and all this. It is genuinely astounding this report I, I i actually got this and audibly didn't gasp but i just kind of did a like slam the sofa next to me not hard or anything like that i didn't hurt myself or, or the poor little sofa don't want to hurt that thing but you gotta be kidding me like i was outraged by this and don't get me wrong i get it that players you always want to do whatever it takes to avoid the surgery i'm talking and i'm not blaming tatis for feeling this way either i'm just saying what has given us faith that the padres are going to handle this correctly what? Please, someone tell me. I know you guys can't technically tell me. You can tell me in the comments, maybe, or you can tweet at me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, L-O underscore Padres. Uh, but I just, 
oh my God, it's just annoying. You know what I'm saying? And we were expecting, hey, maybe even with the CBA next year, we don't know if there will be like some type of some big strike. So people were actually saying, and I was one of them where it's like, actually, if he got the surgery and even missed the beginning of the season, there's a, you know, greater than 1% chance that we might even have a little bit of a lockout to start next year. There's a, there's a chance. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think we'll learn more over the offseason. But that's just like, I, I just got their support. And I'm like, why are we expecting the Padres to handle this well? Why? What has given us any faith that they're going to do this properly? And basically, it's just like, okay, so this is what we're just going to live with, that he can at any moment just miss 20 games or worse, miss like a whole lot of games or have more damage permanently and whatnot. I don't get the thinking here. I don't get the thinking here. I understood the thinking originally because thinking originally was this is a very good team. They needed him to be healthy, all that stuff, at least when it first happened, I should say, guys. And then, of course, after July 30th and all that stuff, then he comes back. They were, you know, falling apart. Then he comes back, try to bring them to the playoffs. I get that. But why now? That's what I'm saying. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm wondering if we're going to get more information. I imagine we will. But my first thought to this is, are you kidding me? Yesterday, my buddy Stitch, he's right here still. He was on the podcast. He's not on the podcast anymore today because I'm not happy today. This is miserable news, and I think Padres fans should be concerned because what has given you faith in any level of Padres player development, as far as I'm concerned, especially when it comes to injuries and surgeries and what have you. I feel like there was another point that I was going to make during this, uh, but I can't honestly think of it right now because my notes app just randomly closed out and I deleted the tweet. So I do this thing where I put my thoughts and notes in my tweet drafts because I am on Twitter 24-7. Uh, but I don't really have anything in there. So we're going to have to see how this still plays out. We're going to have to see out what happens with Mike Schilt because that's they're interviewing him. They're currently in that process. So that should be interesting. But in general, guys, I think this is bad news. We were told that the Padres are very cagey with injuries, I think. Um, and they just clearly don't know exactly what they're doing. And I have not been confidence, been given confidence yet that this is – like, this is a good idea. I don't understand why you don't still like to go that route. I don't know. But call me crazy, guys. But you know who isn't crazy? You know who isn't crazy? The folks over at Rock Auto, all right? They provide you the best stuff from within your home and in your pocket at rockauto.com. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Does that make any sense? Rock Auto prices are reliably low as well, guys. You know, that's that's the thing. Reliably and consistently, I should say, low. You know, for example, I mentioned that up to 100%, 100% more. That's not kidding. Honda Odyssey fuel pump costs 353 from a chain store, only 216 from Rock Auto, guys. And they have everything you need from brake parts to tan lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use catalog and for whatever your car needs are, even if you're not a car, car person. They really help you out. So go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And also, once again, guys, got to thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. One last thing. One last thing before I get into the, um, you know, I, I kind of covered it a little bit, you know, how I don't trust the Padres organization. I remember just one last thing on Tatis. I remember when this injury first flared up and it was covered almost as if everyone was like, well, you know, he's had this shoulder issue. And I'm like, no, 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 no
I'm talking about when it first happened. It happened in spring training, if you guys remember. He made some fielding play, and then he got up, and it was all a little bit weird. I was like, no, you guys said he had a shoulder injury, and it's different from like a shoulder issue. That is this thing that could just pop up and dislocate multiple times throughout the season, and could just he could be gone for like 20, 30 games. You know what I'm saying? I was not told that. I promise you that's not what was originally reported, and that's what gets me really annoyed. No, it wasn't. Remember the aforementioned Denelson Lament? Remember when they said all systems go? They're like, here we go. Leaves for shoulder discomfort. Remember when they just barely explained what his injury was that he got in the playoffs? And then even after a whole offseason, he comes back and has this injury? Don't trust the Padres. But guys, we're going to have a little bit more fun with the misery. Just a little bit more fun. We are continuing. Started on Friday. Go listen to part one if you'd like. The top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres. And this is part two. That means we are covering uh, entries number five through number one. Uh, So this should be a lot of fun, guys. I really enjoyed writing this piece. You can find a link to it in the description of the podcast. Uh, I think you're going to really like it. I break it down even more. If you'd like, if reading's more your thing, that's cool. Hey, I'm reading Dune right now. You know what I mean? In my spare time. I'm trying to watch it somehow before the movie comes out on like Thursday, Friday. I don't know if that's going to happen. I have a lot of work to do. But let's get into it, guys. Number five of the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres season is drum roll, please. Everybody start thinking in your heads what I'm going to say. It is everything. Eric Hosmer. Feel, excuse me. Can I just do some, some rapid fire bullet points? Did you guys mind that? Yeah, let's do that. All right. After playing in 152 games this season, Eric Hosmer finished with a war of 0.0 according to fan graphs. Hosmer's defensive rating this season was minus 14.9, the fourth lowest in all of baseball. Excluding catchers, he was tied for the eighth worst UZR, which is ultimate zone rating, another pretty useful defensive stat. Amongst all qualified in baseball, his UZR was minus 5.1. His ground ball rate, everybody talks about this all the time. He reduced it like very miraculously. In 2020 to 47%, which isn't like, you know, incredibly low or anything like that. It's not, you know, it's not like an upper percentile or anything like that. But it's a huge improvement, especially if you're going to be slugging the ball more, which he was. Instead, he hoodwinked everybody. He went right back up there, the Wizard of Highs, up to 56.2% in 2021, which was the second highest mark in all of baseball among all players. The only one higher was Rymel Tapia, who somehow had a rate of 67.4%, by the way. That dude's a madman. I, I actually kind of love that dude, but holy God. And if you guys are going to make fun of him, also, guys, uh, Eric Hosmer, he's only halfway through his eight-year, $144 million contract. So don't make fun of Tapia. It's what the big money is going for. Huge ground ball rate, zero war, all his defensive stats, not really great. You guys can check out a couple more things I said. Um, I even mentioned that one of the things that annoyed me about Hosmer this year, and and don't get me wrong, I thought that Jeff Sanders of the Tribune, I thought he did ask a little bit of a question when he asked him about the trade deadline. What does that feel like when you're being mentioned in all these trade rumors? And Hosmer snapped at him. And I'm not going to bash the man um, to that degree I'll bash his play, but I honestly thought that was a little messed up. And the reason I thought it was messed up was because I'm not saying that the question was great. I can understand. But like to have that sort of response where he's like, all right, come on, man, like do better, like a little bit of an aggressive response, in my opinion, again, if Eric Hosmer is watching this, just my opinion, my dude, what do you want from me? Uh, and I'm not saying you're bad at baseball. You're clearly so much better than me um, or anyone I've ever met in the state of New Jersey. So uh, which is where I'm from. So he responds that way. And my response to that was kind of like, 
all right, like I know it's an annoying question, but this is like the first time you've ever been pressed about this. Meanwhile, Will Myers has been asked about this for what, seven years practically now? Eight years? Uh, if you want to count when he first started surfacing and then he gets traded to the Padres, obviously. Like I've never heard nearly as much complaint from, from Will Myers. That's what I'm saying. So that was a little bit annoying to me, and I did not like that. So I think everybody agrees with this entrant on the list. Eric Hosmer, absolute disaster for the Padres. It is going to be very interesting to see if they trade him this offseason. I think they will. I just don't know how. I talked with Ryland Styles of Lockdown Royals recently, kind of begging. I was hoping I basically pitched him on the idea that like maybe the Royals, who in my opinion aren't run all that well, they're not disastrous because they have they did win a World Series not too long ago. But I did think, oh man. Like, they're the type of team to fall for. Let's bring back our guy. You know what I mean? Let's bring back the whole squad. Let's bring back Mike Moustakis. Let's bring back, um, who else I have? Wade Davis. You know what I mean? Let's bring back, oh, they already have um, Greg Holland. But let's bring, is, what's his face? Kelvin Herrero? I forgot that guy's name. The other reliever they had still, you know, present. I'm not really sure. But anyway, uh, maybe they can trick them. Maybe they can trick Colorado or another team to do that. But what I think is it's going to cost a top-level prospect. Is it worth it? Maybe. It might be. But this is really tough. Uh, we have to see what's going to happen. Guys, Mike Schilt and this Sergio Tatis, that's only, you know, this much. This much of this much for the Padres season. That is awful for audio listeners. It's just like one-fifth of the amount of stuff that's going to be happening this offseason. But let's move on to number four, guys. Drum roll, please. I can't shake the, the, the thing too much because I am on a very small surface that I have my computer on and it might fall off. Number four. What do you think it's going to be? What could be worse than Eric Hosmer? Getting no hit by Tyler Gilbert of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Guys, you remember this game. It was an awful moment. And you might be wondering, why is this ranked higher than Hosmer? Hosmer was a constant throughout the entire season of misery. I agree. The only reason Eric Hosmer was ranked at number five was because in a lot of ways it wasn't, you know, all that surprising. Hosmer is famous for being an every other year player. And even when he was good, you could argue that that was like good, but not worth the money for sure that he got. He's very every other year. He's never had two consecutive good seasons in his major league career. He just he refuses to do it, refuses to do it. Um, Tyler Gilbert was kind of the a great microcosm, great tragic moment in a bottle that kind of really subbed up the Padres season. A guy who had never pitched as a starter, making his de- uh, major league debut as a starter and no hits the Padres Um, as we all know, they went 26 and 43 in the second half. And this was kind of that moment that really solidified the nightmare. In my opinion, I was watching this on a Saturday night, which made it even worse, which is something that I should actually have added to this. That's an adage. This is that it was on a Saturday night, which just makes it even worse. Maybe you're at the bar, maybe you're getting some pale ale, maybe you're getting a Guinness, maybe you're getting a white claw, whatever you like, or maybe you're just eating some apple pie, maybe some watermelon or some, some nice fruit. I got strawberries waiting for me downstairs after I finished recording this. You were miserable. After seeing the Tyler Gilbert um, no-hitter. And it came from the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the worst teams in baseball. Second worst run differential in all of baseball. And they broke the record for the most consecutive losses on the road in league history. And the Padres were no-hit by them. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, Joe Musgrove was the starting pitcher. Because the universe has a lovely sense of humor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Joe Musgrove, as everybody knows, threw the first no-hitter in Padres franchise history. Padres franchise history. And then he's the starter when we get absolutely destroyed uh, by the Arizona Diebacks by Tyler Gilbert. 
And by the way, not to be mean, a little bit of a no-name prospect. It's not like this is a, you know, it's not like this guy was, say, um, you know, who was a top, say, um, Grayson Rodriguez of Baltimore, who was a considered the best pitching prospect in baseball. Like he debuted and everyone was like, wow, like an amazing start for him. One, it just shows you this is how sports happen sometimes. The, the times you least expect it, that's who's going to do it. Tyler Gilbert may never be good for the rest of his career, but this is what will happen, right? And Grayson Rodriguez will be awesome, but he won't have – he'll get lit up in his first start. You know what I mean? That's just what happens in sports sometimes. And Musgrove being on the mound is terrible irony, uh, kind of spinning in the face of the Padres this year. For him to throw it and then be the victim of this one, absolutely miserable. I hated every single second of it. Uh, I really do believe that that was kind of the first sign that the first sign of not the Padres were in trouble. I think that there were other signs that the Padres were in trouble that we're going to get into momentarily. But I think that in terms of that, the collapse was genuinely real. It was this one. At least that's just my opinion, guys. Uh, But before we get into those other reasons, the last three on the top 10 most tragic moments, guys, let me talk to you about something that isn't tragic. That is, in fact, quite helpful. We're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's right, guys. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. But of course, aside from football, aside from basketball, they've also got baseball. They've also got hockey. They've also got UFC and boxing and all this stuff. They got all the stuff you can need over at bet online. It's the easiest and and best way to, uh, you know, bet on all of your favorite sports really fast too. place a couple bets myself, uh, bet online guys where the game starts. All right, here we go. Here we go. Ah, I was hoping that if I cracked my knuckles, I could somehow make a dramatic effect and whatnot for for all this. But let's keep it going, guys. Number 16 on the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres is... Drumroll, please. Ooh, the Titans score. They're winning. Three minutes left. I'm curious. 34-31. Wild game so far. Unfortunately, I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love recording this podcast for you guys. Number three is the 16 inning nightmare game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Guys, look, this one, you might comment below. I'm not going to lie. You might comment. You might say, oh, of course you're going to say this, Javi, because you're on the East Coast. So for you, it was a lot more nightmares. That is true. But guess what? This is my list. And the only reason you're disagreeing with anything I say, obviously, is because you are wrong. Um, But no, in all seriousness, this was also a bad moment. And the reason this was also a bad moment is... Blake Snell gets left in the game despite being above 115 pitches and gives up the game-tying home run to Will Smith. Blake Snell was sensational. We've talked about this a lot. Month of August, best strikeout rate among, amongst pitchers. He re, he changes up his pitching repertoire. Looks like not just an average pitcher, which is what I had been asking for him all season long, which just be average, man. We need you to just be okay. He was a superstar pitcher in August, and then he gets hurt, uh, which we talked about in the last episode of the Top 10 Tragedies. So go check that out, of course. Um I mean, it was it was really rough. And also on top of all that, on top of it, it lasting so long, I mean, guys, 16 innings. The Padres had not scored for nearly a full another nine innings. The last time they scored was like in the sixth inning. And then you have um, also the, the Dodgers take the lead and then Tatis ties the game in the bottom of the 15th inning with a two-run blast. I remember Jeff Passon tweeting about it. Everyone was like, of course he did. 
he ties the game, but then it doesn't matter at that point. The Dodgers eventually are going to end up scoring, and that's exactly what they did. And then they win the game, in my opinion, miserable. Because at this point in the season, it was starting to set in. Like, it really was official. I, I, I This was kind of the nail in the coffin. But you were hoping, let's at least beat the Dodgers, though. Let's beat them in this rebel game for better or worse in my opinion worse I hate when games are this long it's stupid uh it makes me go mad like a madman <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh so you know it makes me go mad and they lost it uh, as usual they couldn't even beat the Dodgers once to end the season it's rough and I think that what really puts the cherry on top is the fact that for some reason former Padres manager Jace Tingler kept Blake Snell in the game I know their bullpen had a bit spent even still found a little bit odd that he was at like 117 pitches and he kept him in, but that's just me. That's just my opinion, guys. Now, number two on the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres season. I, I wonder what you guys are wondering. Come on, guess right now. Come on, formulate your guesses and all that. You can do it. I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? You guys could do it. Uh, here it is. The argument between our beloved duo. You could argue that there's no more. Beloved duo and, and, and anything, not Mario and Luigi, not Jerry and Costanza, not the Celtics and refusing to trade a 2037 second round pick for a superstar player. Nothing. Nothing is more dynamic of a duo, not Luffy and Zoro, not Naruto and Sasuke, not Iron Man, Captain America, than Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., who have a very public, very viral argument goes all over social media in their loss to the Cardinals, a tragic loss. It happens at the beginning of the game, spawns from the fact that Tatis was showing so much frustration in the dugout, nearly getting himself tossed after a, you know, questionable strike three call on him early on in the game. You need this series for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, And this is just how it ends. It goes viral. I've said it before. I had no issue with Manny Machado being the one that's going to kind of, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, be the be the big brother here. You know what I mean? Be the one who's the guiding um, influence in the clubhouse. I know some people are like, "Oh yeah, Machado. Yeah, he's famous for not having any kind of you know personality issues." Yeah, let's listen to him. So those people relax. That was a very long time ago. You know what I'm saying? He's the leader. He's the veteran. Potentially a Hall of Famer if he keeps on this track. He's an excellent player. Um, but it really encompasses all the frustration. And what's interesting is I think that that moment isn't a cause for major concern, but it did go viral and it kind of just captured anything. The frustration 26 and 43 in the second half, not to mention, by the way, guys at this moment, the Padres had a chance to go on a little bit of a run. They had won two out of three against the Astros. And then they were playing the Cardinals who were the other team in the wildcard race. Cause the Reds had been falling off. So it's like, if you can win this series, do well against them, then that could be something. You know what I mean? Then you could actually really make a run for that wild card. Of course, we all know what happened with the Cardinals. They simply decided, how about we just never lose again? That should be our strategy. And that's what happened. And this is kind of where it really started to the adrenaline pick up for them or the momentum picks up for the Cardinals and the Padres are part of it. Emilio Pagan giving up a big home run for some reason being allowed to be the pitcher in a crucial game like this. I don't know why Emilio Pagan gives up way too many home runs. That's just what he's known for. Uh, So really rough. I think everyone can agree that this was a tragedy. Um, Was a little bit high on the list 
Maybe, but I just think it encompasses so, so much. Not to mention all the reports saying that, uh, don't get me wrong, there's not like friction. It's not like this is something we have to be overall concerned about, but just in general, a lot more arguments and stuff in the second half amongst Padres people behind closed doors. That is definitely not the first time there has been a shouting match between players on this Padres team. I may not be an insider. I may not be Kevin Acey or Dennis Lynn or any of those folks, uh, but I can tell you that just as someone who kind of, I don't know, just common sense. There's no way you have this record in the second half and you haven't had more blowups. Um, but that's it for number two, guys. And now number one on the list. No, I can't hit that for dramatic effect. I can't do this. Can you guys hear that? I don't even know if you can hear that. Uh, drum roll, please. Everyone keep it thinking. The number one most tragic moment of the 2021 Padres season is... What is it going to be? What is it going to be? Max Scherzer and Trey Turner traded to... The Dodgers. Here's why. I'm going to break this down. First of all, this was, I mean, it was shocking. It was genuinely shocking. I want to definitely give a shout out. Objectively speaking, if I could take off my Padres cap. Right now I have a, if anyone's wondering, I have a New Orleans Hornets. If anyone has beef with me, go ahead. I don't care if you leave me comments. I love Chris Paul and that was 08 was when I got into basketball. I love him. So I still have this hat. It's one of my favorite hats. Um, here's here, Here's the thing. Uh, I thought that the trade deadline was objectively incredible. It was with Anthony Rizzo moving with Schwarber moving with all these pieces, all these trades, Joey Gallo moving. It was one of the most exciting trade deadlines, honestly, that had happened in a very, very, very long time um, for sure. Like to be certain, right. It was incredible. It was genuinely, genuinely incredible. Um, But unfortunately it came at the expense of the Padres. Um, Let's break it down into levels. Let's break it down. Okay. Level one. The Padres are unsuccessful in getting Max Scherzer, despite their desperate need for starting pitching, especially at the time. You got Paddock on the IL, Snell hasn't been good, Darvish hasn't been good, Lamette is damaged goods, all this stuff, right? All right, that's one level. Then the next level, the Dodgers of all the possible teams are the ones that acquired Max Scherzer because rewarding the team that signed noted piece of crap Trevor Bauer was apparently what the baseball gods felt like doing on that day what they felt like doing they're like all right you guys signed trevor bauer he was a piece of crap so now you don't have him anymore you get rewarded with max scherzer level three of why this was awful the dodgers also acquired trey turner in the deal as if he were just the accidental onion ring that was tossed that they were blessed with in your order of french fries it was just a cherry on top i am convinced mike rizzo is a sleeper agent for the dodgers organization you couldn't even at least get gavin lux I know he hasn't been that all that incredible, but you couldn't at least get one player who's currently in the major leagues. Oh, well, what about Kiebert Ruiz? All right, feel free to cold takes expose me in a few months or years in this case. Go go ahead. I don't care. All I'm saying is I think they should have got more when not only did they get Scherzer, but they also got Trey Turner, one of the top five best shortstops in baseball. Unbelievable stuff. And then finally, the last level of all this, the last level that makes this so tragic the Padres were first reported that they were getting Scherzer because apparently, apparently it's not just enough to stab us in the back. All right. They had to stab us in the back and then twist the knife and then throw us into a volcano and then display our remains in the MoMA, ladies and gentlemen, in the Louvre, in the Smithsonian. That's how bad this was. It was tragic. It was first reported by Ken Rosenthal, who I got love for. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 
he, it was reported by him that the Padres were close to trading for him. And before anyone comments and leaves me a comment and saying, well, well, the, you should have known, man. You should have got your, your hopes up. It said close to trading for. Ooh. Okay, find me another time when there was a report saying close to trading that the trade didn't end up going through. Find it. Find it for me. Go ahead. I, of this year, by the way, of this year. It just happened that the one time that someone was a little bit off base, perhaps, it was this one at the Padres' expense. It's for all those reasons on that July 30th, ruining my damn birthday, practically. Thank God for the pizza we got that night. Oh, my Lord. And hang out with, with people that I care about and my friends. Don't get me wrong. I'm still very blessed and all that. But practically ruining my birthday. It was just a nightmare. Nightmare. It was awful. And then from that point on, we all felt it, right? We all felt it, but I think we didn't want to believe it. I even was very optimistic where I was like, look, still a good roster. If you don't trade for Scherzer, it still means you have assets, which means you can move maneuver around and it means you have hope for the future. But in this case... I'm wondering, and I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, we're going to talk about that more in the offseason. Marvel Studios presents What If will be done on this. What if they had traded for Max Scherzer? Do they make the playoffs? I don't know. But what I do know is that is easily the most tragic moment of the 2021 Padres season. Just to run through all of them one more time, starting from number 10, let's get into it. Just really quickly, guys, you could listen to the last episode. Uh, number 10 being... Uh, looking up Tommy Pham's numbers with runners in scoring position. Number nine, Blake Snell when he was placed on the aisle at the end of the season. Number eight, when I predicted and jinxed Trent Grisham when I said he would finish top 10 in MVP voting. Denelson Lamette's injury issues, number seven. Number six, when the athletic piece dropped. Number five, everything Eric Hosmer. Number four, Mr. Tyler Gilbert, no hitting the Padres. Number three, the 16 inning game nightmare. Number two, May Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. getting into a heated argument, very viral heated argument. And then number one, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner getting traded to the Dodgers. It was an absolute nightmare. What can I say, guys? Uh, just total tragedy. Total, total tragedy. I hope you guys enjoyed the list. Uh, you can check out the article in the description of the podcast if you like. But that's kind of almost about done for me. Thank you for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day, guys. Um, now make Locked On MLB Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. Uh, he brings you uh, his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Make him your second listen. He does a great job over there, guys. It's free and available on all platforms. And with, before we kind of wrap up officially in terms of the future of the show, we are going to be talking with a special guest later this week, probably actually tomorrow on tomorrow's show. We are going to be talking with Mark DeLucci, who is a writer for SB Nation websites, for the Giants website, and for the 49ers website. He's really smart. He, I went on his podcast early in the year, and I want to talk about what we had talked about back then and how it measures up now, talking about the Giants, what they might be doing in the offseason, and just kind of comparing and contrasting the Giants organization, what they did, and the Pirates organization. That's going to be a really fun show. Can't wait to talk to that dude. It's very smart dude, uh, for sure. A lot smarter than me, if we're being honest. He should have this show. Heck, if he wasn't, if he wasn't, if he was a Pirates fan, he should have it. What can I say? Um, and then we're also going to be doing more breakdowns throughout the week. Probably going to be talking a little bit more about this Tatis situation. Uh, just lots and lots to talk about, guys. What can I say? Very, very exciting times indeed. And without all being said, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, where 
ever feel free to send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd actually greatly appreciate that. Follow myself on Twitter or the show account at LO underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.